Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! You will understand the, the title soon. Let's read. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, these are the words of Jesus, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame, and I don't mean by telling jokes, okay, or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. Ooh, ouch. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. Wow. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Wow. Wow, what did Jesus mean by this? Turn to your neighbor and say, cut it out. You know, cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. And as, as, as usual, we, we, we ask ourselves three questions, right? Uh, every time we read the Bible. What did, you know, because the, the, the Bible, you know, it's, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so we ask ourselves three questions as we go through this series. What did, what did, did what does this, what is this scripture? What does this tell us about Jesus? You know, and what does this tell us about who we are? Because it cuts at us. So it tells us about something about ourselves. And how do we apply this in our lives today? Right now, before we answer these questions that will form our three take-home points for today's message, uh, I just want to clarify that that this is by no means Jesus advocating for capital punishment. This is by no means Jesus saying that oh, you know, uh, uh, in your know, Christianity we're all about chopping off limbs and, and stuff like that. Otherwise, you know, uh, I'll be the first to have no hands. You know, I'll be the first to stand here with no hands and one eye. With you no know, somebody will have to help me hold their hold the mic. To speak, provided they still have their hands. Uh, and, you know, like, like, so it's not, okay? This is, Jesus is not advocating self-mutilation. Jesus is not advocating self-harm. But Jesus, being the Word of God, how many know that the Word of God knows a thing or two about using the right words? And sometimes, you know, God knows how to use the right words to, to send a shock to our system. You know, how many know that sometimes you need a shock to our system to wake up? And so this is a wake-up call from God. And so what we need to understand is what wake-up call exactly is this so that we can wake up to the right thing, amen, so that we do not continue to fall asleep on that area. So point number one is this, what does this, right, what does this chopping off of hands and plucking out of eyes lest we be thrown into hellfire, what does this tell us about Jesus? Well, the answer is this, point number one, Jesus is the prize and he is worth sacrificing for. You know, many times when I talk to people and, and, and people ask me, you know, what, what's, so, what's so great about Jesus? And I'll go like, what's not great about Jesus? You know, no, we, we sang today, you know, how great he is, how higher his ways are compared to our ways. Uh, and, and we just took communion today. And we're reminded again that, that Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. Jesus wasn't just a historical figure. Jesus wasn't a freedom fighter or political leader. He's God who came near. The reason why we take communion is because, you know, God, you know, He, he, he loved us so much that, that He not only came to show us how much He loves. How many know that, you know, if, if I really 
love you, uh, I would want to invite you and open my house to you, right? That's a gesture of, of friendship and love, right? That's why if you are close to someone, you probably had a meal at their house before or you visited and hung out, watched a movie at their place before. When you really love your friends, you open up your place, right? But how many know that, you know, unlike other faiths and other religious teachers that, that at best would, would tell you, you know, a, a, a guesstimate on how to get to heaven, you know, they'll say, like, if, if you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then you might get into the good place. You know, uh, if you meditate hard enough, it might get you into the right place and the right state of mind. You know, if you do away with this, then it might get you into the right place, the good place. You know, but how many know that Jesus didn't just give us instructions, Jesus came. You know, if I wanted to, you to come to my house uh, and the modern day that we live in, I can send you a link on Google Maps, right? And then you can navigate your way to my house. But how do you know that heaven is not a place on earth? You know, heaven, there's no Google Maps that can show you to heaven. You know, maybe the, the restaurant called heaven. You know, hopefully the food there is good. You know, irony if it's not. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you can't. You, you know, so if, if, if I live in a place that's not covered by Google Maps, but I want you to come to my house, what's the only way? I got to come and personally get you right? And we've been there before. Sometimes we order food and, and our address is a bit harder to find. And then we tell the delivery guy, I'll come down. I'll come down. I'll meet you at the door. Guess what? Jesus came down. Jesus came down. He didn't just say, I love you. I love you. You know, because the world we live in today, love is so cheap, right? You know, look at BTS, you know, every time they do this sign, you know, with their two thumbs, it's love, love, love. But that love is cheap. You know, they don't know you. And, and, and Jesus didn't just send you, you know, this little twinkle, love, love, love. No, he came. He came. He didn't just he didn't talk a good game. He came. And then when he came, not only did he show us how much God loves us, not only did he show us the heart of the Father, you know, but then he died for our sin. You know, because friends, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we don't have, you know, how many of you uh, have driven before or, 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 you know, know of someone who drives? Uh, one of the worst things that can happen is not just an accident, but a speeding ticket, right? And a speeding ticket, you, you got to pay or else, or else, right? You get in trouble, your license get revoked, your whole life is damaged. Friends, we don't have a speeding ticket, we have a sin ticket. How many know that, you know, this can sound like I'm talking down to you, but this, is, this can sound tough, but it's full of love. How many know that all of us, no matter who you are, all of us, we are born broken, we are born sinners. You can come from the richest family, but there is a brokenness within you, right? You know, nobody had to be taught how to lie. You know, I just, one day you will get married and one day, you know, this, this is some good prophecy for you. One day you will get married. I see some people saying amen already. You know, one day you have children, praise the Lord, you know, and then the children are going to be in healthy and brilliant and beautiful, you know. How, how many want beautiful, brilliant babies? Say yes, amen for me in the chat, even for our friends watching online. Uh, uh, but as brilliant as they are, as beautiful as they are, as much as you provide for them, uh, they will disappoint you. And it's not because you taught them to disappoint you. How many of you have your parents set you down and taught you how to disappoint them? Right? They go like, hey, Michael, how are you doing? You know, you're going to learn to talk soon. 
all right? And, uh, you know, you're going to say beautiful things like, da-da, mama, but, but soon I'm going to teach you to lie. No, nobody, nobody. But, but despite the, nobody teaching us to, to do evil, we, we do evil, it comes natural to us. The Bible calls that our sin nature. But that, that, and that sin, that, 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 you know, could be anything, telling a lie, disobeying our parents or, or worse things like, like murder and, and, and theft and, and, and you name it, all of that, you know, that, that, that problem, that needs to be paid. That ticket, that offense needs to be paid. You know, we, we, we love a good God. You know, if God's so good, why doesn't He just remove everything? If He just remove everything like that, then He's not just. We want a good God who is also just. You know, and so God is saying, I am good and I am just. If there's a crime, if someone's been hurt and needs to be paid, that offense cannot just be left to carry on by itself. But instead of making us pay it, Jesus paid it. And, he, he, and the why we took communion is, is to remember that His body was broken for us on that cross. We, we, we take communion because we know that His blood was bled for us. Do you know that God loves us so much that He went to hell in our place so that we don't have to go there? And then not only that, the good news is He rose again. And, and today, if you would put your faith in Jesus that, and believe Him to be the Son of God who came to save us, then the Bible says your life will be transformed. All of your sins has been forgiven because Jesus took it to the cross and to the grave. And so all of this is just a roundabout way of saying that Jesus is worth it. He is the prize. Amen. You know, Jesus, if I were to tell you uh, that right now, if you run out the courtyard, there's going to be two free tickets to watch Hamilton the musical. You know, if, if I was, this is of course an example, but if I was telling the truth, Right? If I was telling the truth, yeah, some of you are already thinking like, is this really, Pastor? You know? Wow, this is the best sermon illustration ever, you know? Uh, so one day, one day, okay? Uh, uh, somebody bless me with tickets so that I can use that for sermon illustration. Uh, but, no, 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 joking, please don't, please don't, okay? Uh, but if I were to do that, some of you would actually run out because you would say that, wow, you know, uh, free tickets to Hamilton is worth uh, 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 running out right now in the middle of a sermon, Right? And so the, the, the sermon is worth sacrificing. If my friend is going there, you know, tripping him down at the corridor, it's worth it, you know. Let me at least get the ticket and then maybe I can offer him one so that he can forgive me. You know, and because we, we can see that as a prize, friends, I want you to know this sounds dumb, but it's so true. Jesus is better than Hamilton. Jesus is better than a million pounds. Jesus is better than, a, than, than endless holidays. Jesus is better than the best staycation. Jesus is the prize and He is worth sacrificing for. Jesus is saying that, hey, if anything comes between you and me and causes you to sin, I want you to cut that away. Amen? You know, we, 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 in, a, in the pursuit of our success, we, we cut things away. How many of you have met friends who go like, oh, I can't, I can't come out to meet with you because I'm studying for my finals. I want to get that grade. And so I'm going to cut off my social life. You know, we, we, we do all that. Why do we not do it for Jesus? And, and what we need to remember is this, that Jesus is the prize He's worth sacrificing for and not the other way around. The other way around is basically the prize is worth sacrificing Jesus for. <laughs> because the truth is this, we unknowingly or knowingly often sacrifice Jesus at the altar of our convenience. You know, we, we've, some of us have done it as students before. 
right? We've been there. You know, I've been there. Where we go like, you know what? Exam's coming up. I'm really falling behind my studies. I don't think I got time for church. I don't think I got time to serve. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saving up for, 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 for something, for a purchase, so maybe I can't give as much. And, and we're always, you know, putting something else ahead of Jesus. Friends, I want you to know that Jesus is the ends, not the means. Yeah. A lot of us, if we're not careful, we can treat Jesus as the means to our ends. Oh, a little bit of Jesus so that I can get that interview. You know, also I go to Jesus so that I can get that girl. I go to Jesus so then get that guy. I'm a pastor. I know what I'm talking about. You know, you know. We know that extras. You know, people have been blessed by beautiful people. So some people come looking like, and I'll be like, yeah, hi. Can I help you? Just looking, just looking. You know, like we 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 use Jesus as as a means. You know, oh, a little bit of church, a little bit of prayer, and and hopefully I will get a breakthrough in this area. But Jesus is trying to tell us, no, I am not a means to whatever your end is. I am the end goal. I am the final destination. And all these things are means, but I am the end. So by all means, get to Jesus. And so this is something that we got to know, right? That Jesus is the prize. Point number two is this. If Jesus is worth sacrificing, Jesus is worth cutting away things in our lives, whatever it might be. And, and this is something that only, only we will understand if we're honest before God. Because different ones, we have different. Jesus didn't say that all of you cut off your limbs, all of you cut off your feet. No, to some people, it's hand, whatever hand might mean in your life. For some of us, it's our eyeball, whatever eyeball means in your life. But let's go in a little bit deeper. So what does this scripture tell us about who we are, right? The answer is this, we think... We think that Jesus is talking about the afterlife, but God wants us and means for us to live victoriously in this life. Every time we read this scripture, and I say it's a painful part of scripture, we tend to either ignore it or read it through very fast. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, no, no, cut it off so I don't go into hell. Cut it off so I don't go... No, it's not about not going to hell. Notice here, let's come back to read Matthew 18, 8 and 9 again. It says, says here that, that if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter what? Enter heaven with one hand? Enter into life. Life. You see, the, the devil wants you to think that, oh, you know, it's about afterlife, you know, so you've got time. You've got time to cut it out. You know, who, you know if, if you know that there's some part to cut it out, cut it out in your 80s. Because the, 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 you know, as long as you get to heaven, it's fine. But then God is saying, no, 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 it's about this life. What you don't understand is, is this scripture also about sin? Yeah, about the sinful habits, the wrong habits, the destructive habits in our lives, the addictions and different things. Yes, and Jesus is telling us that I'm telling you to cut it out. Because actually you will, you will benefit, not in the afterlife, but benefit in this life. You see, Jesus, you know, came here to give us life and life to the full. Not afterlife and afterlife to the full. And, and so we, we have this boring idea of heaven that, oh, we're all just going to be wearing robes of white, playing a harp, you know, just, you know, Jesus, you know, I could get used to this. And, and, and you know, that's why you probably have to sing it, yeah, because I, 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 I didn't think I could get used to it. <laughs> But, but the truth, you know, it's a song. Anyway, so, but Jesus said, no, I, I came here to give you life and life to the full and, and I want to partner with you to do great things in this life. 
and, and your sins will not only lead you to ultimately hellfire if you don't change, but it will also lead you astray in this life. And a lot of us think that, no, no, it's, it's you know, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll repent, you know, I, I think I'll live a, a long life. No, it's not. It's about this life. Amen? Now, I, I understand as I'm saying this, you know, sin and all that, most of you are thinking, well, but I'm a, I'm a good person. You know, I don't, I don't kill yet. Uh, I don't steal uh, or directly or whatever. But, you know, the truth is this, that, that it's not just about those it's not just about the killing. Of course, if you really want to go deeper into it, Jesus says, you know, if you harbor hatred in your heart, you've killed. You know, you can, you know we, we did that before in our study of the Ten Commandments. But let me turn you to another scripture, Proverbs chapter 6, 16 to 19. And let's look at some other things that God hates. You know, we, we, we think that God hates all the big ones. Whatever the big ones might be, the big sin. I'm not a, such a bad person. I'm not like that person. I'm not like that, you know. But, but when it comes to God, you know, sin is sin. There's no difference between big sin and small sin. And, and God uses Proverbs to remind us, you know, some of these things that He disliked. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an abomination to Him. Strong word, abomination. A proud look. Oh, a proud look. How many of you has, have, have, have looked down or underestimated someone before? Right? Do you know that God doesn't look at, oh, you, you know, you were a little bit too proud, right? We've all had moments where our pride led to our fall, right? Led to our embarrassment. You know, God doesn't say, aha, you were a little bit too proud. No, no, no. The Bible, if you read it, it says, God says, I hate it. A proud look, a lying tongue, ouch. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. Oh, how many have been there before? But I didn't do it, I only thought of it. No, I was thinking of telling my colleague off, but I didn't. Guess what? You thought it. Your heart was devising, you know, wicked plans, you know. A feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Not the computer program discord, uh, but, but discord as in disunity. You know, you've gossiped before, you've broken unity before. Some of us who have siblings, how many of you have played in a mastermind? You turn younger sibling against other sibling before. Come on, middle children, speak up. You know what I'm talking about? You're there going like, yes, fight, fight. Or maybe some of you are thinking, I'm the only child, you know, so I'm innocent. You know, but what I'm here is, to, to, what, what, why did I just point to all that? To basically tell us that, hey, it's not just about the serious big stuff. We all have it. And God is saying that if, if you don't check your attitude, if you don't check your pride, if you don't check your heart, it will destroy you, but not at the afterlife. That one for sure, but it starts with this life. But if you repent, if you change, you will be the first to benefit. A lot of times we have this misunderstanding. We think that, oh, you know, yeah, you know, if I, if I do good, if I change, you know, God will be blessed. No, no, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. You will be the first. If you go from being someone who is stingy to someone who is generous unto the Lord and unto people, guess what? You, you will reap. The Bible says that you will reap not in the afterlife, but in this life. And so what we need to understand is this, that wow, no, we've been, we've been looking at this scripture thinking that this is a warning about damnation for all eternity. I mean, there are elements of that there. Don't get me wrong. But the, the benefits of it is for this life. And God is saying that, hey, you know, if, if, you, if you cut it out, you'll you still be victorious in this life. 
and I know that, that might be hard for you to accept. You know, how, how, can, how can cutting off a limb be, be seen as victorious? How can having one less eye, how can being a cyclops be seen as victorious? You know, um, you know let me give you this example. Do you know the sporting event that depresses me the most? The Olympics. The Olympics. As much as people say, oh, Olympics, you know, a celebration of human achievement, it brings nations together. Yeah, it makes me feel lousy about myself, you know, because no matter what, I cannot be them. And, and sometimes we celebrate only the gold, the world record breaker, and then maybe we think, oh, you know, bronze, okay, bronze. But you know, to get to the Olympics, it's a big deal. You know, I can't do, you know, whatever it is, you might be thinking, oh, the last place. You know, years ago, I think year 2000, uh, Sydney Olympics, there was this guy, he, he, was, he became world famous. He was called Eric the Eel. Uh, go back, Google. Not now, go back, Google. But he somehow was invited to the Olympics because it was a new nation at that time, and, and he, he basically came in last. And people were calling him Eric the Eel for, you know, because his name was, anyway. Uh, but he, he finished basically 100 meters in, in one minute and 52 seconds. I can guarantee you I can't do that. And so watching the Olympics, I go like, wow. You know, people laugh at the last place, but I, I can't be the last place. You know, I'm not, no Olympic qualifier. Uh, but you know what? Sporting event gives me hope. The Paralympics. When I look at the Paralympics and when people run, you know, despite their disabilities, Despite their, their lack of limbs, they, they swim. It make, you know what it makes me do? It makes me, it, first of all, makes me, inspires me to go like, maybe I need to appreciate my limbs more. <laughs> and you inspire me to do better because if you can do so much more than me with, with less, then I, I, I am who is more fully bodied and able should do more. So it inspires me, gives me hope, right? But it also reminds me of this scripture and God is also trying to use the Paralympics to tell us that, do you know that you're made in God's image? Now, while God is not literally talking about bodily mutilation, you know, uh, but God is trying to tell us that, hey, if the Paralympics can go on to win gold medals, I created you fearfully and wonderfully, you know, in the image of God. And so, you, if you were to cut off certain areas of life, you might be perceived as weak, in the midst of your friends, but you are not weak. And you can still go on. If the Paralympics can go on to break world records and run fast and win medals, then, then spiritually speaking, even though we cut off the eye that causes us to sin or the limb or the hand or the leg, yet God is saying you can still live victoriously. Amen? You know, it's, 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 it's hard for us to swallow, but, but it's true, you know. And, and God is saying that, hey, I, I want my people to do well. I want my people to live victoriously. And, and there are things, you know, in this life that, that lead us astray. You know, uh, like, we, you know, being a pastor, we've, you know, both, both Ken and I, we've, 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 we've counseled people before, young people that are so precious, um, that have so much you know, issues that they're working on and, and some of those issues are, uh, you know, they, they have uh, eating disorders, uh, they have uh, body dysmorphia, uh, which is basically when they, they look at themselves, even though they are perfectly fine, but they, 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 have, they have a warped perception about who they are. And, 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 you know, 
And sometimes what happens, what triggers them is, is when they go on, on the gram, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on social media, and they see other people posting, you know, and then it, it, it triggers them. And so sometimes in, in our counseling, we got to tell them and say, maybe you got to consider just deleting that. And then someone's going to be thinking, what? I don't want to be a loser that doesn't have social media presence. You know, it's all about putting yourself out there. Yeah, but, but it putting yourself out there ends up hurting you. Why not cut off that part of your life? And God is saying that, you know, because those things, they, they hurt your life now. And I want to live, see you live a free life now. Some of us, we, we have issues with lust and pornography. And we cannot be, be, be you know, our self-control so weak. And so if we have, you know, internet access, we'll use it for the wrong things. And so maybe the Holy Spirit is telling us you need to limit your internet access. Maybe you, you, got, you just got to be that guy that, that doesn't have internet at home. And if you need internet, go to university or something like that where there's safety search on and, and firewalls and, and whatnot. And then you may be thinking, oh, I don't, I don't want to be that, that guy. So lame. Like my friends can't contact me. I'm going to be the lame guy that doesn't have internet at home. The lame guy, huh? Better to go into life lame. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Some of us are thinking, oh, but, you know, you know it, it could be other things. You know, some of us, we are we're so driven. We're so driven. And, and But are we driven to our own success or will that success honor God or not? And so maybe what, what we need to do is, is learn to scale back and, and cut off some of these some of us, you know, or we need to cut off, I don't know, you know, maybe uh, a holiday is the thing, you know, I, you know, because, you know, we, I'm going to say, share this testimony and then go move on to the next point because I know every time I talk about this kind of things, it, it gets personal. I'm not trying to get personal at you. I'm just trying to be real. And I still remember one time, you know, there was this girl in, in, in church and, you know, she's graduated now. She's gone back to Malaysia, you know, thank God for that. Uh, and, and we've seen her in her first year. You know, we've seen her come, oh, Pastor, first year, you know. And we've seen her come, like, come to church, and she said, oh, I love church. But after a while, we just never see her consistent. And eventually, we found out that one of the reasons is because she was, she was dating someone who is not a believer, who is not a Christian. And, and, and the, the, her boyfriend at the time was, was so abusive and, and, and abusive emotionally that almost tells her that, you know, if, you know I, I want you to spend your Sundays with me. I don't want you to go to church. If you go to church, I'm going to be unhappy, blah, 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 blah. And so for the longest while, she had to choose. To, do I want to be happy with a boyfriend? I mean, who doesn't want to be loved, right? right? Or, or, but then this, this boyfriend, you know, nice to show off a boyfriend, Nice to post, nice to nice not have to go to a restaurant and eat alone because I have a boyfriend. And nice to go shopping and have someone carry my bags because I have a boyfriend. <laughs> you know, nice to have celebrate Valentine's Day because I have a boyfriend. But this boyfriend is leading me further and further away from God. And so eventually it came to a point where the Holy Spirit just helped her to make a decision and she made the painful decision. It is painful, but she cut it off. And as a result, she started to bloom and grow and in her faith and in law and, and, and started to, you know, just, just grow in Christ. And, and, and it sounds, again, huh, what? Yeah, but that's what Jesus is saying, I am worth sacrificing for. I'm not asking us to go and break up with every person, but I'm worth breaking up for 
Because it's not just about the afterlife, it's about this life, and, and I want you to be victorious in this life. Amen? You know, so that, that's what we need to understand. All right? Uh, let's, let's move on to the third point. And as I'm saying all this, I hope that, you know, you're also listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit because all of us struggle with different things. All right? Let's, let's go to the last point. So how do we apply this today? You know, already you're thinking, oh, it's too much. I don't, want, I don't need to talk anymore, you know. Soon you'll be asking me to just sell off everything I have and follow Jesus. Guess what? Jesus said that too, you know. <laughs> But we're not going into that today, okay? So how do we apply this into our lives today? We need to submit our strengths and not just our weaknesses to God. You see, submitting our weaknesses is a given. God, I'm weak in this area, right? I know of people who who don't know Jesus yet. They They know God, but they have yet to understand Him and embrace Him as Lord and Savior. Uh, I've seen people when, when they're so down uh, that they go to church. I've seen atheists pray when they're so down because in our weaknesses, we cry to God. That, that, that's a human trait. We cry out to God. We're desperate. But it's our strengths. When Jesus is saying, did he say that, cut off your diseased hand? Did he say, cut off your uneven foot? Did he say, cut off your cancerous eye? No. He says, cut off your hand carve your leg, the same hand, the same leg that is strong enough to lead you astray. The dominant one. Cut off the eye. How many know that, you know, this, this is a basic fact. Two-eye person can see better than one-eye person, right? Right. What do you learn in church today? A two-eye person can see better than one-eye person. <laughs> Who can run faster, technically speaking, a two-legged person? Right? Who can carry more stuff? A two-armed person. So those are strengths. Those are strengths. And yet Jesus here is challenging us to say that it is your strengths that will lead you astray. Just think about it for a while, right? We, we, in the Old Testament, right? One of the most amazing people, David, right? Not me, but King David, right? When he was a weak little shepherd boy, oh boy, did he glorify God. But do you know when he grieved God the most? when he was at his strongest as a king. Just let that sink in. Right? And, and yet, in the New Testament, the weak, um, theorized to be not so educated fisherman named Peter, what did that fisherman have? All he had was his boat. And what did he do when Jesus asked him to give up his boat? He became the fisher of men. And today we remember him as the Apostle Peter, not Peter the fisherman. Remember him as Saint Peter, not Peter the fisherman. Not Peter's fish and chips. But no, we remember Peter as the Apostle who, who spoke 3,000, you know, preached and 3,000 people came to know Christ. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? It, 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 we might, the world tells us, no, use your strengths. And don't get me wrong, has God given us our strengths? Yes, but are our strengths submitted to God? Yeah. God, God, when He's cutting out, He's not saying that, hey, you know, oh, my, my, my job, oh, it's the, one of the strengths because through this job, I have money, through this job, I can stay in this country, through this job, you know, I can, I can buy a house, so this is my strength, so, oh, can we go cut it off? No, 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 just submit it to God. Are you submitting your strengths to God? Some of us here, you know, we, if you don't like, you know, strengths, you know, another word for it is gift. 
That's another strength. And all of us are gifted in different areas. So I've got some friends who are so charismatic. Oh my word. I tell Kat, I say, it's like they've weaponized charisma. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a weapon. It's like a weapon. You know, they can talk their way out of everything. You know, I've got friends, he's so tall, so dark, so handsome, so good looking. It sounds like I have a man crush on him. Maybe I do. But the, the thing is that, that my friend is, you know, so outwardly amazing they can go in and smile and, and, and he gets freebies for, you know, he gets discounts and he, you know what I'm saying? He gets people coming up to his family and says, wow, not only are you good looking, your wife is good looking, all your children are so good looking, we want to put you in an ad. And, and you know, he... <sighs> Some of us are so charismatic. The question is, are we using that charisma to build our own career? Or are we using our charisma to connect people with Christ. Right? You know, like, like I still remember this. You no, know, years ago, two Americans, uh, you know, uh, 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 equal, I would say equally charismatic, but used their charisma in a very different way, all died on the same year. I still remember the year where, you know, the, the great evangelist Billy Graham passed away, was also the same year, around the same time, that Hugh Hefner, the founder of Playboy, passed away. And both men are charismatic, right? You, you, you cannot be uncharismatic <laughs> if you to, to found Playboy, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know like me, I can't go, cool, naked. It's like, you know, the girls would be like, ah, perfect, you know? But, but Hugh Hefner probably had a, a charm about him that could kind of like go and, 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 and talk women until they can take their clothes off and, 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 and photograph it and set, you know what I'm saying? That's charisma, but what did he use his charisma for? To lead thousands if not millions of people astray into pornography and sin to lead so many women to to value themselves to the extent that i'm only work, i'm only as as beautiful as my body you know what i'm saying and yet you have this other person you know billy graham who was equally charismatic for his time and led so many people to christ what's the difference one had their strength submitted to christ and one just used their strength for their own glory. What strength has God given you? Some of you here, oh wow, you're, you, you're so resilient. You know, you're, you're, like, you're like the grandparents that, that, you know, how many have you had grandparents who, I know I've got, or I hear enough grandfather story to say things like, you know, when I, when I came, when I escaped communist China to come to this country, I had nothing except the shirt on my back. But today, I am a self-made millionaire. We, we've heard people like that before. We celebrate people. What do they have? Did they have resources? Did they have opportunities? No, they had grit and they had determinism. They had a can-do spirit. They had a, this, this ability to, no matter how hard life hits them, they get up again. And that's a strength. But some of us, we use that to pursue our own career, to pursue our own millions. And God is saying that would you submit it to me? Amen. You know, some of us here, we, you know, we are so good, we're so resourceful, we're so good at, at marketing and, 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 and networking. Some of us, God's even blessed us with the ability to create wealth. Some of you, you know, I, I'm useless at it. You know, yeah, Pastor Kel will be the first to say amen. <laughs> Pastor Kel always say that you, you can have business ideas, but you cannot run the business because you end up giving stuff away for free. 
because you just want to help people. I go like, hmm, true, you know. Um, but for some of us, you know, <laughs> Uh, you, you can just turn things around. Some of us, guys, you know, one day, maybe this is a prophetic word, one day, you know, your gift will develop in such a way where, you know, I, I don't want to say wealth comes easy, but the Lord will just give you an understanding that you just know how to invest money the right way. You just have this instinct for flipping houses and instinct for, you know, buying property, all stuff. And then those are great things. Those are strengths and giftings from God. The question is, are you submitting them to God? Amen? You know, I, 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 I don't want to sound like, you know, your, your, your parent or your grandparent, uh, but, but really, we have so much in our hands. Not everyone can study. For those of us who are studying, you know, students, not everyone. I, I know I sound like your, grand, your grandparent or your parents. Not everyone gets to study in the UK. Not everybody gets to work here. Not everybody gets to live here. Not everybody gets to be born here. There is a purpose to that. You might look at your birthright and think that, oh, it's not much of a strength, but it is. And God is saying that, would you submit that to me? Some of us, all of us, in fact, one of the things, one of the strengths that we have that needs to be submitted to God is time. All of us have it. But... What are we doing with it? Are we submitting it to God? Or are we using it for ourselves? But Pastor, if I submit to God, what, what does it mean? It means build your life around God. It means make Jesus the prize. Make the things of God the prize. You know, if God has blessed you with the ability to, to create wealth, then, then, then maybe submit some of that wealth to God. What? But if I, if, I, if I give my money away, I, I can't, you know, I, I won't be able to see the world. You know, I want to see all of Europe. And yet the Holy Spirit is saying that, yeah, you can see all of Europe, but I won't see you in church. But if you see less of Europe, you might even see something that all of Europe doesn't have, which is your friend who doesn't know Jesus having their life transformed. I'd rather have less zeros, uh, uh, you know, in my bank account. That doesn't make sense. I say like less money. You know, I know all of you go like, I also want less zeros. I just, I want no zeros. Now, what I mean is I want, I want, you know, more zeros behind the digits, you know. Again, you know, established fact, not good in business, okay? <laughs> I'd rather see less digits in my bank account. Maybe that's a good way. And at the same time, see less digits go into hellfire. Knowing that my giving, my serving, my obedience, my availability has helped someone come to know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'd I rather live a smaller house if God's house can be bigger. I'd rather have, you know, less... Uh, and I, 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 you know, it's, I, I don't want to be like that, 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 that pastor that, 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 that you know, uh, goes on and on. But, you know I, I, you know, I know you guys. You guys are amazing. And I know that a lot of you guys work hard from Monday to Friday. And when I say work hard, I mean, it's not just, you know, diligence. But, you know, sometimes that work is hard. 
And then the weekend comes. And because you love God, unlike your friends that you know, maybe don't have church commitments so they can do whatever they want with the weekend. Some of you, I, I pray for you all the time because you, know, you had such a hard week and yet Saturday, the worship team is there practicing. Some of you had such a hard week and, and, and the, the refreshment, you know, do you know that all of our refreshments, we call it espresso, it's not store-bought, it's, it's homemade. And, and do you know baking takes time? And some of them are giving their entire Saturdays to bake. That Saturday that they can go shopping. That Saturday that they can go out and, I don't know, sunbathe since the weather is so nice today. You know, the, the, you know go eat nice food, whatever. But instead, they're staying at home. They're, they're, they're buying eggs and they're, 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 they're you know, not, maybe not even mixing by machine, but mixing by hand so that some cupcakes can be made, so that some pancakes can be made, so that one or two people on Sunday can, even as they eat that, feel the love of God. And, and, and you know, I respect you. And I know that great is your sacrifice, but I want to applaud you for submitting your strength to God, submitting your resources to God, submitting your opportunities to God. And friends, it might look like you are missing out. It might look like you're getting less rest. It might look like you're, you know, it might look like you're lame. It might feel like you're not as well-traveled as your friend, but friends, I want you to know that you will reap. Because you are someone that has submitted their strength to God. And that's what God wants us to do. God has been for all eternity asking us, would you submit your strength to me? Do you know what is the biggest strength of all of humanity? Our, our will. Do you know from Genesis, God was already asking you, I created you in my own image. You are so like me that you have a will. Now there's one tree you can't touch. Is it about the one tree? No, it's about the surrender of will. The surrender of strength. And of course, humanity felt that. But Jesus came to save us and now he's asking us again, would you surrender your strength? To the younger ones here, to the students here, that might, you just came to study, would you surrender? Don't just use these three years to just get your degree. By all means, get your degree, get the best degree, do well. But don't just do well because you can do well. You can get first class honour from, you know, LSE, Imperial, UCL, Kings, you know, whatever university it is, I'll shout it out, Middlesex. You know, whatever it is, you know, bar school, you can get a training contract. Even if you get all those, congratulations, I'm happy for you. But guess what? You won't be the first person to do it. And you won't be the last. But not everyone can say that in my three years here, you know, I, I gave my all for Christ. But at the same time, I also reached out to my friends. I also served. I also grew in the Lord. For those of us who are working here, I understand I understand that London's not a cheap place to live. And I don't know what your strength is. Maybe your strength is resources, you know? Because people always say that when you, once you start working, you don't have time. But you have money, so you don't have time to spend that money. <laughs> and I'm not saying, yeah, by all means, be a savvy investor. Be a better investor than me, okay? Don't come and talk to me about, I can talk to you about investing in the kingdom of God, okay? You will reap stuff 
uh, uh, that, that stock markets, I can tell you the stock market of heaven, okay? Uh, uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying it that way, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, but I don't know, maybe it's time. Maybe you're thinking, time. You know, I, I already have so little of it because I work so hard. Would you give it to the Lord and serve Him and connect with someone? Say yes to home, say yes to a prayer meeting. For the students who might not feel like you have a lot of money, you know, uh, but you have a lot of time, would you surrender that time to the Lord? Or to do what? Serve Him, live for Him, glorify Him. Yeah, you might see less of Europe, but you get to see your friends safe, maybe. And so, that's really my encouragement, friends, that Jesus is the prize. He loves us so much. How could we ever give Him up? And may we stop. If we have, and, and we've all had at one time or the other, sacrifice our commitment to God at the altar of our own convenience, then I pray that today the Holy Spirit will help us to, to see it as Jesus being the ultimate prize that, 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 that is not, cannot be touched. And I pray that we begin to see this instruction as not just instruction or warning about the afterlife, but an instruction or warning for this life. If there are areas in our lives that need to be cut away, don't delay, friends. This is what church, church is not a perfect place made out of perfect people. If you find a, if you're ever looking for a church, I want to look for the perfect church, it might not exist. If you find it, the moment you join it, it's not perfect anymore. But you know what church is? It's a, it's a place of imperfect people who serve the perfect God imperfect people who will turn to their home leaders and, and turn to their brothers and sisters in Christ and go like, hey, would you pray with me? Would you watch out for me in this area? Because I'm weak in this area, I have a weakness in this area and I don't want to, I don't want to waste my life away. So would you, you know, and it takes a lot of vulnerability to open up to another person and say that I'm weak in this area or I need help in this area or I struggle in this area. It might look like you're gouging out your eye. It might look as painful as chopping off your leg. But God is saying that that's what church is. It's a place for you to be healed and for us to help each other. And of course, last but not least, let's surrender not just our weaknesses but our strengths. Amen? Because it's our strengths. One last point. I know I keep saying this but truly one last point. I mean, just a little example. Sometimes that strength could be um, our personality. Some of us were so strong-headed, is that the word? Strong-willed? We're just so fixed in our ways. Oh, that's just not me. I don't care. I'm not going to worship. Just not, I'm just not a lifting up hands person. I'm not going to give because I'm just not, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to serve because I, you know. Says Who? You say that, right? And, and maybe the, 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 the strongest thing that you're holding on too dearly is, is, is your own self-image and, and who you perceive yourself to be. And maybe that is the strongest part of your life that you need to surrender to God. And God is saying that you think your personality is great. Wait until I'm finished with you. Some of us are so convinced that we are the best thing since sliced bread. And God is saying that you haven't had croissants yet. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us now? God, we know that your word can be painful sometimes, but Lord, we know that you love us so much that you want us to be 
redeemed and reformed for your glory. And so, God, we pray, Lord, would you just do a new work within us? Lord, right now, Lord, if forgive us. Lord, I was about to say if any of us, but Lord, the truth is all of us have at one time or the other chose ourselves, chose our own things over you. Forgive us. God, bring us back to that place again. May we never forget the true prize of being called a child of God, being called a friend of God, of being able to know you, Lord Jesus, the hope it brings, the peace it brings, the peace to feast in the midst of our enemies, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that helps us to sleep through storms. You are the prize. You are the ends, not the means. And God, we also surrender our weaknesses. God, help us not to delay. Help us not to procrastinate. God, it's not just the spiritual things are not just for the spiritual world. It's for this world. And so God, help us, Lord. Lord, you're telling us, Lord, that not to, not to underestimate, not to think that we are in control. So God, help us, Lord. Before lust destroys our marriage and wrecks us, before greed leads us to damnation and makes us a miserly, stingy, calculative old person, God, help us to surrender those things. Help us to cut those things out now. And God, at the same time, God, help us to surrender our strengths to you. Whatever the strength might be. Lord, help us to see that no matter how strong we think we are, we are stronger when we are in your arms. And that you created us not just to live a successful life here now, but to live a history-making life. A life that changes other lives. Use us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.